Welcome to Found Objects with Meaning, a podcast series from Wallpaper Magazine in collaboration with Vodafone Smart Tech, who are creating innovative smart devices that help people stay connected to what matters most in their lives. My name is Jonathan Bell, and I'm Wallpaper Magazine's Transport and Technology Editor. In these podcasts, I'll be talking to six people about their personal and professional attachment to a wide variety of physical objects. We'll be discussing the stuff that surrounds them, the things that define them, and the objects that have inspired them, focusing on something they still treasure, as well as the precious possession they've lost along the way. Whether it's transformative technologies, favourite tools or inspirational artworks, Found Objects of Meaning is all about the creative and emotional force of the objects that we have and the things that we've lost. Roxanda Ilinchich is a fashion designer whose creations bring together the worlds of art, architecture and design. Born in Serbia, she is now based in London, where she runs her label Roxanda from its base at Nine Mount Street in Mayfair. After studying architecture and design at the University of Arts in Belgrade, she did an MA in women's wear at Central St Martins and launched her label in 2005. Roxander's work is experimental but always wearable, featuring bold colours and lines without ever losing sight of comfort and wearability. These sensual and voluminous creations are beloved by A-list actresses, leading curators and cultural commentators alike, from Tilda Swinton to Michelle Obama. Collaboration is integral to her label, and Roxander has partnered with many artists, including Rana Begum and Troika, and has hosted her fashion shows from inside the experimental architectural space of the Serpentine Pavilion. A passionate collector, Roxander has also expanded into the interiors world, designing a penthouse apartment inside central London's King's Cross in 2019. Roxander, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm going to kick off and jump straight in this episode and ask you to tell me about something that you've lost and that you really miss. Yes, it's it's very interesting question that that has quite a big weight for me because I'm a person that gets really connected to objects, to pieces, uh, either kind of relating to my family or just simply the pieces that I create or that are dear to me for different reasons. So when it happens that I lose something of, of that, um, it, it's it's really like a huge loss uh, because they are holding so much more than just what they are. So coming back to your question and the object that I lost is actually happened just like a last year, just, just when Corona started. Uh, when uh, we were all told that uh, we should probably not wear metal pieces, jewelry, etc., because Corona was was getting attached to them, that that was very 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 beginning. And and in a light of this information, um, me and my husband decided to take all of our jewelry off. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, one of those pieces is. Uh, orthodox cross, gold cross, that is usually given in some sort of tradition back home by parents for for their kind of daughter or or, or son's uh, big moment in their life. And particularly in my case, it was my 18th birthday um, when you're kind of coming coming of age and becoming person on your own. Um, So I had it cross for a very long time and um, it meant very, very much to me. And it was something that, uh, you know, I, w- I would hold in a hard moments, I would hold in happy moments. And it's interesting because I don't see myself as a particularly religious person. But that cross and the meaning behind it was uh, much, 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 much more. And, and particularly not just collect connection with 
my parents, but also connection with where I'm from, connection with my history, and really kind of connection with my pre-ancestors, because, you know, this is something that to them meant quite a lot. And as I said, I place this cross in somewhere. And to, to so obviously I didn't totally lose it, but I simply cannot find it anymore. And I've been trying and searching and trust me, turn the whole house upside down. Um, but there is, and I found other pieces of jewelry, interestingly enough, because <laughs> I put them somewhere more obvious. <laughs> but this particular, yes, like, like a chain, it, yeah. it just seems that it has disappeared. But that, I mean, that's interesting that you say that it's, um, it's really important to you because of the history that it has, as well as what it means to you personally. Is it a cross that had been in your family for a long time? No, actually, they they specially made it, but 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 it's made to resemble the cross something else because you know that that's been in my family for a long time. So it's it's really lovely story behind it, and um, and as I said, it's not about its value. It, it, it's really about that emotional connection that it's very important um and it feels like like really tremendous and a huge loss yeah but it also it's so a lot of people have talked about objects that they've lost and they haven't actually been aware of the value of them until they've gone missing whereas this is something which i guess you've always seen and kept close to yourself as something which is very important so yes definitely and, and, and as I said, it's, it's something that I didn't take off, uh, regardless of what the fashion is. And, you know, obviously I work and live and breathe fashion and design. But it was an object that is very visible, obviously. You know, it's worn around my neck. And regardless of situations, it, it's one piece that I would rarely, rarely take off. And if I was asked to take it off, it would always make me feel slightly uncomfortable or for example if i'm on a seaside i would take it off on purpose so that it, i don't lose it in, in a sea but it, it would always make me feel for some unknown reason slightly uncomfortable that it's not close to me that is not touching my skin that is not close to my heart um so it's 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 interesting how certain objects can can mean so much um just by the meaning of who gave them to you what were intentions and uh you know, I was hoping to pass it on to my daughter one day. Of course. I guess the proximity as well, the physical proximity of something that you have every single day made it much more yes. important to you. Yes, yes, definitely. But do you have a sort of sense perhaps that it's somewhere to be found? And that you know, maybe there's... A definitely, scene. definitely. Okay. I'm optimist as a person. I, I think you can tell that in my work as well, there, there is abundance of colour and optimism yeah. coming through no matter what. And, uh, and, and I, I kind of feel that it is somewhere and, and who knows, maybe it's there for, for a reason. Maybe, yeah. maybe it will make me discover something else when, when I discover it. But I'm definitely believing that I will find it. And I also believe in a power of positive thinking. So I know I will find it. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> it's well, just, that's, that's it's just lost for a moment. Exactly. Not forever. It, exactly. It's, um, it's lost for a reason. It's gone out yes. of your life. And, <laughs> if only to become part of this podcast. And then perhaps tomorrow it'll turn up again. You never know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
So I, you just you referred there a bit to the colour and optimism of of your fashion, and that's obviously something which is really strong and comes across in in every piece that you create. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about you know where you get your inspiration from as a designer. I think inspiration really with all creatives comes from life itself. I would say from from everything that is surrounding us, from everything that made us. I think. Lots of my inspiration comes from who I am, from my heritage, from from back home, from from my family, from my family right now here in London, from my daughter, um, and also the things that I grew up with. For example, I I studied architecture back home in Belgrade. I grew up with lots of brutalist buildings around me with with a certain kind of notion of, of, of importance of culture in our lives, like, like a theater, obviously not just fashion and design, but, you know, like a music theater. Um, and, and all of those things are interlinked, interwoven, and still very, very strong DNA of, of my brand. Um, art is another very, very important inspiration in my life, um, again, another thing that I studied mm. and another thing that can, no matter where we are or how hard it is, which has proven now during the COVID, I, I think that art is something that can communicate without the boundaries. It can, it can travel just by pure vi- visual kind of impact or, or, or in, in case of music even further, you know, just yeah. by hearing something. So those, those are the things that I would say inspire me a lot um, on one side or on more visual side. But I think there is also another aspect that inspires me, which, which is the social aspect of what the clothing is, um, what the clothing and fashion should do to us as a society. I, I really strongly believe being a woman that clothing is not just there to push the f- boundaries of fashion or, you know, to, to mm. only purely say something new without further meaning. I feel the clothing is there to show where we are uh, in a society, to show the good things and the bad things and, and to, to, you know, hopefully bring certain element of shelter and protection to the person that is wearing uh, wearing it. Um, and as I said, th- those were always kind of elements that I tried to consider when I'm designing. I wondered, I mean, looking at your individual dresses and pieces like that, I wondered if you personally consider them to be objects in their own right, or it's only they only come to life when they're on the body. I think probably both. I um, don't and design anything uh, that I don't see being worn somewhere. Uh, it can be red carpet. It can be a very special performance by a very avant-garde musician, let's say, in which case, obviously, those pieces are much more flamboyant yeah. and sculpture in their own right. But I also believe in more utilitarian and functional pieces that would carry you on from, you know, busy morning, going to work, uh, picking up kids from school, etc., etc. And I always try to kind of tick all those boxes in a way in my collection and create the wardrobe that any woman, no matter where she is in this world and which culture she's coming from, that she can find something that is talking to her and that is, I would say, making her maybe better version of herself or or making her days uh, easier and Mm -hmm. more accessible and more positive. And um, I 
I, I always kind of, you know, find, as I said, this aspect of, of how you feel when you wear the clothing, probably the most important element in designing. So it's a sense of being aware that you're wearing that item of clothing rather than it being so functional that it, it doesn't matter. But it's a, are you talking about sort of having an awareness of what the actual clothing does to your image and, and sense of self? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, when I say this, you know, as I said, I had different pieces in my collection, some that are very, very kind of uh, bright and colourful in sculpture, and you have to be brave to wear them. And then likewise, I, I have more kind of quiet pieces, um, chic day wear that is much, much more subdued. But I, I think in any of those cases, what is important that when women wear them, and I think I'm probably lucky enough to have those customers, that they feel that they're extension of them, extension of what they're trying to say, not something that they're just wearing for sake of standing out or mm-hmm. looking different or trying to follow a certain trend, but on the contrary, they wear them to, to empower their own personalities. And, and I think that that communication is probably the key. Yeah. How do you set yourself apart from fashion? I definitely think I am. I, I think I never looked um, at collections or at creating what I'm creating as something that is seasonal, that, that is there to be worn and then kind of uh, moved away from following season. I I always kind of navigate over species that are timeless and, and I, I hope that whoever buys them will consider them precious enough to kind of save them and pass them on to, to their daughters or to their granddaughters or just simply to, you know, like I have them as something beautiful to to maybe, you know, have in their wardrobe for a very, very long time. And um, I, I kind of also, you know, feel that there is a very thin line, particularly in those days and particularly in London when all the different design disciplines are interlinked and interwoven and and they speak to each other and we're all connected. And I feel that fashion is not just simply a fashion that talks to very narrow um, kind of number of of women or to people in general. On the contrary, I I think at the moment it's very interlinked with art, with with a personal expression, with with something that um, it's much kind of higher in design hierarchy than what it used to be maybe before. Um, and I think that that's a really good thing. I, I think that kind of merging of, of disciplines and artists and designers is a um, really, really exciting moment that, that we are kind of living through. Do you feel like you're very much part of a, I think seems a bit of a flippant word, but f- part of a, a movement that embraces the connectivity between different disciplines? I hope so. I I um, always love to collaborate with many other designers, many other artists. Um, I, I think I became known for my wonderful collaboration, particularly with the female artists. And uh, for each of my show uh, and also for shop windows in, in my store in, in Mount Street, um, I would collaborate with different women that inspired me for many different reasons. And some of them would be quite famous in their own right and, and very well-known artists, like, for example, wonderful Eva Rothschild. Or I would have somebody that is just starting up 
um, and maybe it's not as well known or or right now I, I am about to to have a Serbian artist from back home uh, in my shop window in Mount Street as well um, uh, Misha Milovanovic so it's 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 something that kind of brings me a lot of joy and it's also that collaboration that kind of language that they are using to express their art and that then I'm using to kind of express my fashion that kind of join um, conversation and almost kind of joining the hands, joining the language, joining yeah. what we are trying yeah. to say as a women. Um, I, I think it's something that, that it's wonderful because you can almost kind of step out of your own world, step into somebody else's world and then come back to your own world with kind of refreshed mind yeah. and reset to kind of create something totally new. Do you think brutalism is is a is a sort of inspiration behind fashion? I think it's interesting how something that I was growing up surrounded with, and I must say, I really, really didn't like at the time. I, I find it too cold, uh, too big, because usually those brutalist buildings tend to be big um, and yeah. too unhuman and it was very interesting I'm saying this on purpose because as I said I was growing up with those things that were actually built that to help humans They're, they were built after also in a moment when when, it, when when there was like a boom of the social housing and yeah. the reason I mean let's not forget why brutalism started is so that, that in a very quick and cheap way people can build loads of uh you know flats and housing uh, on on quite a nice level mm. uh for people who couldn't afford it or didn't have it and um and those big, big uh, new like for example we have a part in my hometown belgrade called new belgrade only when i came here i well no i must say when i started architecture back home i started to understand the full meaning behind it that it wasn't you know just about how those buildings look but also what they presented in a society and how much they help society and uh, and i started to see them in a different light and and they became you know part they are part of my background so so mm. when i came here i kind of you know immediately incorporated them in my work that kind of really kind of brutal uh, sculptureness things that you need to see 360 degrees done in in very raw way as well, the same as concrete is. Um, but yes, it somehow became very, very, uh, you know, popular and very fashionable. And I'm, I'm glad that it still is, that yeah. it's not something that kind of came in and, and disappeared. And um, and I, I'm still very, very much obsessed with it. And it's very much part of my lookbooks um, yeah. and, you know, my store as well, you know, uh, that is done by incredible David Edge, yeah. who's coming from totally different background. But, you know, we were, we were both obsessed with concrete. And, and obviously, that was our starting point. Like, when we discussed my store, what is going to be the store? It's going to be very much about concrete and brutalism. <laughs> With more of us looking for alternative and sustainable ways to get around, many have turned to cycling. Now you can stay safer and feel confident on the roads with Curve Bike Light and GPS Tracker, the latest device from the designed and connected by Vodafone SmartTech range. Featuring an intelligent brake light, GPS tracking, impact detection and help alerts. For smarter safety on and off your bike, search Vodafone SmartTech. Subscription required and terms apply.
I wonder if we're better now at looking at an artist, whether they're a fashion designer or an architect or an, an artist, a ceramicist or a painter, and we we query their intentions from the outset, whereas in the past we were more... We were happier to let creatives dictate their vision to us, but now we're a more demanding society. Demanding, you know, I would say really for better in a way. Yeah. I, I really welcome this change that has happened. And the change was already happening, definitely. I, I think the system was broken, particularly fashion system, and there were many things that, that needed change. And they were already, uh, you know, slowly, but, you know, I'm saying slowly on purpose because they were kind of too slowly changing. And I think that... Uh, this, you know, unprecedented time brought and speeded everything very, very quickly. And as you said, now we are, there is this kind of conscious, like, like, like a social conscience about everything. And there is much more demands, but for the good reason. So yeah. I, I kind of applaud all of them. And, yeah. and I'm more than happy to, to be, you know, working not just myself, but with the whole team towards this kind of better, better future. It's the idea of hanging on to things for longer as well, isn't it? The sense that Definitely. something has to last and persist and so you want to get it right the first hand time round and therefore have a better understanding of something. Yes, and exist it exists for a reason. Not yeah. not just so that we can, you know, move on and uh, you know, create more and more and more for for no real reason why. So um yes, I I I think um it's you know, uh, it's a positive change that is ahead of us. You know, this is quite a good opportunity to segue into something that you actually have now and you don't ever want to lose. Um, and I wondered if you had an object in mind to talk about. Yes, I actually have quite a few objects <laughs> that I have and I don't want to and I don't want to lose. I mean, there is um, if, if I can maybe mention two and then you <laughs> yeah, can tell me which one we can talk about more. But there, there is like a two thing. I think that becoming a mother kind of changed me for better quite a lot, much more than I thought. And um, and so anything from my daughter that that comes from her is very, very precious. Yeah. And um, this is not necessarily an object as as such, but it's actually uh, you know again another custom that we have back home, and you know it, it exists here as well. Uh, and and it's very traditional. So it's basically when she has her first haircut, um, okay. you take a lock yeah. of hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. And it's, and, and it's quite funny, and I would call it like ancient way of preserving something. It's quite, um, you know, uh, many people find it creepy <laughs> as well. Um, but I I remember my mom doing that with my hair, and, you know, it was kind of, kind of uh, you know done with this beautiful like very special pink bow and in you know, this very special box and I and I did the same with my daughter's hair and and you know it's it, it's something obviously that kind of means so much to me um, for many reasons very similar to the necklace actually yes. you know yeah. that, that unfortunately I lost and the second second piece is is more related to fashion and you know being a fashion designer I thought it's quite nice thing to mention as well which is one of my mom's dresses um, okay. that I kind of brought here with me uh, from back home um, and and it's one of the dresses that she obviously you know stopped wearing for a long time but the dress that she actually designed 
and she actually had made. Um, and it has something very much um, about like a Sarah Moon or Deborah Turberville, the, like two female photographers that, that mm -hmm. I kind of love, but that yeah. they're also having a certain darkness and, and unsettledness of, about their work. And, uh, and the way that their muses and their women in, in their uh, photographs were dressed with, with kind of like a pleated colors and yes. this kind of slightly melancholic, yeah. you know, way, um, that dress kind of has it all. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, it, it was always like a little bit um, too wide and too long for me. I, ne I never personally wore it, but for some unknown reason, I took it with me um, as some sort of kind of piece of research, etc. You know, when I came to study St. Martin's here in London many, many years ago. And that dress is still with me. And, okay. um, and it's one of probably, it's interesting, you know, because I've been having my label for such a long time and I designed so many dresses that are very dear to me. But if, if somebody asked me which dress I would like to keep, if there is, God forbid, mm. some sort of fire, you know, like when, when yeah. you get asked those questions, it would be that, my mom's dress and not necessarily any of my pieces. And, and I think that that kind of says a lot about yeah. how important that piece is to me. Have you ever worn it? Have you ever, have you ever, did you have it sort of adapted to yourself? No, I, I actually never worn it. And, and it's really interesting. I never even used it as okay. some sort of like, like, um, you know, like, like a starting point to maybe develop further things from it. Um, but it's, it just has that, that very, very kind of important important meaning to me as well and i must say old i never used it uh directly mm. i think that i used it uh indirectly and almost kind of subconsciously because you know when i look through my collections there are so many things that are having that particular yeah. pleated color or that that kind of quite kind of you know dreamy and again talking about es uh, escapism as well yeah um, you know, something that kind of slightly transports you to different reality. But although I never wore it, I remember so vividly my mom wearing it. And I was still like a, you know, kind of didn't know that I'm going to be a fashion designer and quite young. And I always loved seeing her wearing the dress. I mean, okay. it's, yeah, something quite, quite, quite special. Do you have photographs of her wearing that dress or is it all memories? Um, I, I think they are the photographs as well. There's definitely more memories because that was one of her favorite dresses as well. And mm. she wore it quite a lot, yeah. you know, it, you know, like when you just kind of love something and you keep wearing it over and over again. But, um, it's, it's a good question. You asked me that because I do have it in my memories. And now yeah. when I go back home, I have to look through the pictures because she definitely did have some pictures with okay. it. Photographs can can play tricks on us. We can imagine that we've seen a photograph of something, and even if That's actually true, we have, and it never exists. <laughs> yeah, and we create the photograph in our mind. But I wondered, if I, do you keep the dress on display, or is it in 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 a wardrobe? What's the? No, it's in a wardrobe. It's okay. in a wardrobe, uh, and actually in my special wardrobe where I where I keep my research because I, I thought it's just safer there than yeah. than amongst my dresses that kind of change or, or might have some moth coming unexpectedly and visiting <laughs> which the nightmare yeah. <laughs> do you hope that every one of your dresses your pieces will be considered that way by someone is that is that a, the, the aim of the designer do you think or is this something that you don't really give much thought to yes i do i do hope that they will be 
And it's uh, it's interesting when you design something and after a few years you look back and it just doesn't have necessarily in that kind of closeness of time. Sometimes it loses something that it had at the moment when you created it. Either the fashion has caught up with it or, you know, after five years maybe there are some either copies or, or just simply there is that kind of flair of that certain piece in the air. So it, it might not feel as special. But it's interesting that then... As the, pass, as the time passes longer, you always come back to them again and realize, yes, I was right. Uh, so, for example, some pieces that I created at the beginning of my career, when I look back at them, I, I kind of feel they're just as special, if not even more special than mm. when I created them. Yeah. While, let's say, a year later, a day or two years later, you'll be like, mm, okay, there's quite a lot of pink around. I <laughs> don't necessarily need another pink dress. <laughs> That always that always strikes me as um, a remarkable ability of designers from all fields is that because you're so incredibly close to something when you're designing it and creating it and you know absolutely inside out, your understanding of it is so much more advanced than when other people, whenever they're a customer or a viewer, see it for the first time. And so this is this sense of things taking months or even years or decades to become people to, to, to get the same level of understanding that you've had from cutting and shaping the pieces. And I think we take yes. designers seem to take that for granted quite often. It's like they don't why don't you understand it straight away? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you you're right. And it's and it's quite interesting because you know sometimes you're also like a little bit too much ahead of time because obviously this is something that you do twenty-four hours, seven days a week. And you know, in, in case of designers, if you're not literally designing, you're being inspired, you you are watching you are processing you know you you kind of work uh, non-stop in a way and and because you are so exposed and so much into it of course that you're slightly ahead of people who are not necessarily in that field but sometimes that is not always good because like if you're too far ahead people it takes people very long time to catch up with you and you know your your piece is just you know you 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 end up as somebody who's kind of not totally understood. So I think often us as a designers almost sometimes need to hold ourselves back and be kind of like, okay, maybe I leave that for next year. But also I think then that you can't control the memories that people attach to clothing, can you? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's so many variables as a designer, and especially as a fashion designer, that once you put something out into the world, it becomes almost wholly of another person. Um, yes, yes. And it, it also like it's interesting how it, um, you know, once the collection finishes and in, in our case, in the case of designer, fashion designers goes into the store, it almost starts to live its own life. You know, it starts to live life through women who are wearing it in a totally maybe different way than what you thought it's going to be wear, worn or, or you know, in a, in a different content. So it's it's interesting just to watch that. I would call it like afterlife because there is a life when collection was kind of uh, developed and presented and initially kind of thought from from creator and then the life that has nothing to do with the creator anymore. Um, and um, and particularly now with the social media and, yes. and with the people, mm. you know, doing their own versions of styling or, you know, like, like virtual reality. It's, it's interesting when those pieces just kind of literally take off and 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 have something very very new to say is i think a, it's fascinating is that a form of loss do you think that you've no. given it up no not at all i i think it's it's a kind of natural process and uh 
And I'm always very proud when I see women wearing it uh, one way or another. And uh, so, yes, no, I, I never see it as a loss. I, I, I just, as I said, I always see it as, as, as another dimension that was added to them. And particularly when, you know, the mention of that personality that is wearing it kind of comes through as well, which is real. Um, it's not fabricated. It's, it's, it's happening in front of you. The garment was chosen by somebody for a reason. So I, I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I was just going back a little bit to the objects that you don't want to lose. There's the dress and you talked about the lock of hair. And is that something that you have to keep in a drawer do you have you put it in a locket have you you tie a bow in it and and store it away what's the what's the so story i try to mimic um what my mom <laughs> did with mine and yes i i i try to do it with exactly similar shade and similar width of of a bow and and it is in a in a box not as nice as my mom's um okay. but yes and it's it's stored somewhere very very kind of you know precious and i definitely didn't lose it like i did across i know i know where it is um and it's interesting because my daughter finds it a, a little bit creepy she she she's not approving um she's 10 years old uh so so she feels it's kind of strange like uh, yeah. why am i doing it but you know you never know one day Hopefully, she will have her own daughter and she will do exactly the same she thing. Will, she will do the same thing. And um, do you still have your lock of hair? Or is <laughs> no, it's still with my mom. Okay. It's still still with her. It's mm -hmm. still with her. And, and it's interesting. I, I don't have a slightly, slightly desire to get that lock, my lock of hair. Uh, like to me, my lock of hair doesn't mean much. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but it, but the act, the act of doing it and making it, that's the yes. that's what that's what happens. Yes, but yes, in the case of my daughters, it's 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 the opposite. <laughs> her her hair means a lot. <laughs> but that's I think that's interesting, and in that there's a, a tradition is also a thing as well as yes. the actual result yes. of the thing itself, and that yes. you pass something down. Um, I I yeah. think I think it's also nice, as I said, that it's you know I'm saying and I'm talking a lot about my mom and my parents, you know, my dad as well, but it's not really just about them. I I think it goes much deeper into like a grandmother and and their grandparents and and all the stories that are making us who we are. And I think that we are living in a times that we are kind of lucky to be able to kind of track those informations about our family much further than maybe what yeah. they could. And yeah. and I think those moments are very precious to me, particularly more precious as I get older. I think when I was young, maybe they were not as, as important to me. But now when I actually see when the things are coming from, who was interested in fashion in my family, because my mom is pharmacist and, you know, she, she's not connected to fashion, but she always loved fashion. And then, you know, my grandmother loved fashion. So now not to kind of, you know, go into totally different subject. But I think that that whole idea about who we are, where we are coming from, uh, how did we become what we are? It's, it's very important. And, and it's also maybe part of narrative that now fashion is more excited and more open to listen. Maybe before that was totally irrelevant in a fashion and it's kind of, I, I don't care where you're coming from. I just want to see the final result. And that has to work and has to communicate to kind of the country that you're living in. While now it's kind of has to communicate with so many people yeah. and, and has to touch so many people. And again, I think it's a good thing. 
fashion that connects to our past through the creation of objects. I think that's a really perfect place to end. Roxanne Illinchich, thank you very much indeed for talking to us. Thank you. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode of Found Objects of Meaning, please subscribe, leave a review, and be sure to share it with your friends. I'd like to thank our guest and also our collaborators, Vodafone Smart Tech, who are creating innovative smart devices that help people stay connected to what matters most in their lives. Search for Vodafone Smart Tech to discover more. Wallpaper Magazine is the global authority on all things about contemporary design and new creativity. To find out more about us, head to wallpaper.com. Until next time, goodbye.